Ciao e benvenuto nel mondo dello sport. Ciao e benvenuto al Giro d'Italia. La cosa godettina più bella. Proporio qui. Now, that roughly translates to hello and welcome to the world of sport. Hello and welcome to the Giro d'Italia. The most beautiful race in the world. Now, I apologise for anybody that does speak Italian because I know that I just completely ruined that, but... I'm so excited to be here because it's a Giro d'Italia. Um, I decided to to make the podcast daily because anybody who's been listening for some time knows that I'm very inconsistent. Uh, about as inconsistent as a drunk baker trying to make a pie. Uh, I don't really know if that's a phrase, but I'm pretty sure consistency has something to do with baking. So I thought I'd I'd, I'd say it. But uh, I decided to, to make this daily because the Giro d'Italia uh, and, and World Tour Cycling, Grand Tour Cycling is, is such a huge part of my life that I thought it would be an injustice to not talk about it every other day. Uh, I'm going to try my best to do this on weekdays, not weekends, because to be frank, I think on weekends I'd probably just prefer to just sit and play FIFA, relax a bit, watch football, cycling, uh, F1 and stuff. But uh, weekdays, I'll be trying to record this either late at night or early in the morning, one of the two. And these are, again, completely unscripted. Uh, Usually, uh, I do like to have some sort of script and a plan. But for these, to be honest, I was just listening to uh, Never Stres Fafale by uh, David Miller and uh, Ned Bolton. And I heard that and I was like, if they can do it, and they've had four or five months off recording... I can do it. So I thought I'd have kind of a crack. And when it's a Giro, you already know that means I'll be pronouncing everything like I've been living in Florence for the past 16 years. There'll be a lot of Florentina, you know, exaggerating everything. Sounding a bit like Gino De Campo. Uh, if you ever watched <laughs> Gordon, Gino and Fred, it's always very fun. But I just want to chill out a bit and uh, and just waffle about cycling for a while. Whether that be the Giro itself, if it's a slow day like stage two. Or maybe even just waffle about cycling because, to be frank, as much as I, I I love the states and I love the way that they talk about sports, I've I've kind of made the mistake of Americanizing uh, the way I talk about cycling a little bit too much. So trying to pit ride uh, pit riders against each other, uh, you know, make rankings, make stuff, and I'm more than happy to keep doing that because it's it's very very fun. But I think that cycling is so kind of European and it's it's very off the American track, that it would be a bit of an injustice to to keep doing that and do it weekly in the format that I was. So I just want to do something a bit new, a bit more uh, fun, something that I might enjoy a little bit more than I've been doing, because to be frank, I've lost a little bit of motivation, but when it comes to the Grand Tours, I just love watching them. And uh, today was a brilliant day, it was a brilliant day, it was a sprint day. Uh, they didn't start racing until about 30k in because, uh, well, I kept on flick it, flicking between uh, the cycling, the F1 and the football. It was a really good day of sports. Besides my West Bromwich Albion, who about 20 minutes ago got relegated from the Premier League. Of course, that's a, a big shame, but uh, well, I see, I've seen it coming for ages. So that's not the end of the world. But uh, the Giro started and I started. I tuned in about 60k because nothing was happening in the F1 or the Man United match, I think it was. And... Uh, and everybody just looked happy. And this is something I find with the Giro. Something that, that makes it so attractive to me is that everybody just looks like they're enjoying themselves. Uh, you don't find it so much with the tour. But Simon Yates, Egan Bernal, 
they were just looking around and and they were kind of having fun. Egan Bernal was just chatting to his teammate. It might have been Pavel Sivakov. Simon Yates doing the same with a bunch of guys around him. And just, just the GC guys seemed to have fun today. It was, it was, it was a good stage. It was a good stage, and I do feel bad for Giacomo Nizzolo, uh, Team Quebec Assos, because bless him, he's had uh, I think forty four. Um, what is it? Forty four top tens. Uh, I think nine second places and no Giro d'Italia wins. He is so close, but alas, it was Tim Merlier, the Belgian uh, from Alpecin Phoenix who managed uh, to take the stage. And I have to say, I really enjoyed seeing that because it's Alperson Phoenix's first ever Grand Tour and uh, they, they rode it like uh, they'd ridden many and they really uh, ruled the roads today. And I have to say, again, I've got, I've got no script, so I'm just going to go back and forth between what I want to talk about, really. I don't really have much of a plan or anything. Uh, normally, if I, even if I don't have a script, I have a plan. But for this, I just want to waffle. I just I just want to enjoy the cycling. And uh, I'd have to say I found it funny because you know how they have... The, I'm assuming if, you, if you're listening, you're probably a cycling fan. But they have uh, these uh, littering zones now. And it was like 11k to go. They're going at 60 kilometers now. I think it was Thomas de Ghent leading the peloton. And every single rider, it was just a, a show of riders chucking bottles constantly. It was brilliant. And... Bless her, this old lady, I'm pretty sure she got hit by a bottle from a De Kernic Quickstep rider. And I have to say, I felt really bad, but I couldn't stop laughing after I'd seen it because it really looked like it had hit her. And I, that kind of thing, or people falling over or something, I just find absolutely hilarious. And and uh, yeah, I, I do quite like the idea of the, the, the littering zones because um, I do suppose I'm quite climate friendly like that. I don't like seeing all the cars and all the bikes and stuff, all the motorbikes around them. It's... It, it kind of puts me off, like I think about the carbon footprint and stuff, but uh, alas, time shall change, time shall change. But uh, yeah, Giacomo Nizzolo, so close. Elia Viviani for Cofidis, he was really close. It was two riders from, um, I can't remember what team they were. Let me Sorry, let me get up the start list and uh, we'll see it. Azure d'Italia PCS uh, start list. It was a rider from Bardiani. And uh, Androni Giocattoli, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Matteo Baez, but I don't think it was. It was two. It was two riders for the two of the wildcard teams uh, for, from Italy who were in the break. Of course, they're going to be in the break every single day. Uh, I suppose they weren't. There wasn't any Bardiani or Androni Giocattoli, Giocattoli uh, TV coverage on the TT. So the sponsors will be livid about that. It was quite an interesting hearing their Bolton talk about that. They, they found it quite funny. But, uh, yeah, stage one was an 8.6km time trial. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I've moved off from stage two, but to be frank, absolutely nothing happened. I might talk about Egan Manal in a minute, but uh, uh, stage one was a time trial, 8.6k, Turin. Filippo Ganna absolutely dominated the field. He was a 4k an hour uh, faster, 10 seconds but there were a couple surprises. Tobias Foss, we've known about. Really, really good TT ride. But Eduardo Affini, uh, I'd heard the name coming into the stage, but I, I couldn't put it to a face <clears throat> or to a rider. And then to see him for Team Jumbo Visma, showing the depth that they have, it was just fantastic. He per- he came in second, 10 seconds down. Nobody was expecting it. Everybody thought, including myself, that Remy Cavagna would be the man to uh, to challenge Gannett. Alas, it wasn't. He was 18 seconds off the pace. Jarmada was 17. 
Uh, in terms of GC riders, uh, Alexander Vlasov was the highest GC rider, anybody, except for Joao Almeida, of course, or Omran Kovenpol. But uh, out of the true, true GC riders, uh, he was up there. I think anybody who listened to my Giro d'Italia preview show, I do apologise for that. I put music all the way through, and listening back, it was a bit loud, so I've turned my microphone volume up, because I notice it is a bit quiet. So if it's too loud, do message me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and what have you to let me know. But uh, <clears throat> Remco Evenpol, fantastic first race back for like eight months, I think it was. Only 19 seconds down on Filippo Ganna. It was brilliant. But uh, Valasov, 24 seconds down. Not a, no- not a notable time trialist, but really, really good. Outpaced Alex Dowsett, which when you consider how uh, good Alex Dowsett is, uh, gone for our records and stuff, that's pretty, pretty damn good. Um, who was the last place finisher? I always like to look at that. Uh, Luis Leon Sanchez, interestingly, about a minute and 37 down. I'm guessing he's saving himself for a few of the other days. Maybe even stage three, which is looking like a rolling stage. I think it's 196 kilometers, if I'm right. Um, Really, really good day. No, 190 kilometers. Uh, Yeah, so there's, I think, three categorized climbs, uh, a three, a four, and a four, and then one uncategorized climb within the last 18K, I think. Uh, that might uh, uh, provide some interesting moments. Uh, a sprint at the top of it as well. So it should be really, really interesting to see what happens. It's going to be a really good balance between sprinters and punchy riders, it looks. Um, I haven't really highlighted any riders for it because, to be frank, I don't know the course well enough to uh, uh, to, to really name that. But it's looking like it's going to be a good day. It's like It's one of those days where it's not overly hilly. Uh, and it's quite it's quite climby, but it's nice and flat. So I suppose as I've gotten a bit older and I've seen it more from the perspective of a cyclist, even though this year I'm doing less of it than ever pretty much, but because um, you listen to more pro cyclists and stuff on podcasts and interviews, I do, I, I do quite like sprint stages for them or days like that that might be for a breakaway or something uh, that they might actually enjoy doing themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a really good Giro d'Italia. The course is brutal. I think it's four mountain passes above like 200, 2,000 metres altitude. No, that's not right. It's 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 a very, very high uh, in altitude though, which means that if Egan Bernal is still in with his back issues, he going to be good. He's going to be very, very good. Uh, what have I got here? I've got, oh, I've got the start list for the complete wrong race. I've got it for the 2020, not the 2021. Uh, I do have it somewhere. But, uh, yeah, what's it called? It's going to be a really, really good race. Oh, I do have it up. I've gotten myself all confused. I'm looking at riders like Tony Gallopan uh, at some point in this race. Yeah, I think he'll be a really good rider. And it's, it's a shame I don't have a guest for any of these because, well, none of my friends watch cycling. And uh, I'm I obviously my podcast is too small to message a professional or anything like that to come on. But, yeah. Yeah, it's only about 11 minutes long looking at the timer, and that's probably what most of these will be. But geez, I'm just so stoked for the Giro. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm just excited. I, I can't wait. I'm glad that we're getting into it. Because the Grand Tours are my favourite races of the year. I, I have to admit, I didn't watch the Tour of the Algarve or the Tour of the Basque Country. I just There's a lot of basketball on at the time, a lot of football. I just thought, nah, I'll, I'll give this one a miss. Uh, and then watch three weeks of the other cycling. I'm glad that I could watch stage two live. I won't be able to watch any live for the next five days or so. But uh, 
yeah, I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to just waffle about cycling for for a good few minutes every day. It should be really, really fun. I'll do my best to try and make it daily. Will it happen? No. Will I try my best? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hugh Carthy looked decent on his TT as well, by the way. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'm going to give a quick outsider. Uh, that nobody's talking about for a couple of mountain stages, and that's Peo Bilbao. I love the guy, honestly. He's such a fantastic rider. Really good for Mikel Lander. Uh, yeah, brilliant rider, Peo Bilbao. Watch out for him in the mountains in a few days' time. I'm pretty sure there's a mountain stage, stage eight, and that should be really interesting. Looking at the zero course, yeah, it is going to be a very, very interesting race. And so I suppose that'll conclude it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. You probably didn't, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, the first mountain stage is stage six. Sorry, uh, summit finish. Stage tw- uh, stage nine is just a rolling day. A lot of rolling days. There's about uh, one, one, two, three, three or four sprint days. That's literally it. It is a climber's race. It is a really, really tough race. And uh, I really hope you enjoy. So... Thank you so much for listening. I hope I'll see you around, hopefully, tomorrow, if I'm up early enough. Uh, See you in a bit. Bye-bye.